Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I'm Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Um, kids' sport. Apparently, we're taking it too seriously, and the kids don't. So we're told. Uh, and also, uh, we're not... We, we want to extend NCEA because everybody loves it so much to younger kids as well. And uh, we've got a new player in the prepay market for mobiles, uh, which will hopefully drive some prices down. But before any of that, uh, everybody's talking about measles now, aren't they? Doctor, I was, and there's a number of people that text in, I mentioned my daughter's uh, just had a wee baby, three months old now, so can't get vaccinated, but in the family we've all had our vaccinations. Now, I was born in 1967, I'm 52. My mum couldn't recall whether I had my booster shot. I had my first vaccination, but couldn't recall whether I had a booster. There was an age or a year that the booster sort of became compulsory, wasn't there? And, and, And should everybody that can't recall have the MMR? Yes, I think that's probably the best advice that everybody who doesn't know if they've had two doses of the measles vaccine in the older age group, so sort of from young people, young teens, up till the ages of you know, late 40s, after the age of being born after 1969, um, should probably consider having a second MMR because the booster did come in the, in the mid-90s, but what we know is that we were um, okay at giving vaccinations, but we weren't capturing every single person, so there's kind of a gap in immunity amongst um, young people and, and adults that they may have only had one shot or possibly had neither of their measles um, vaccines just because we didn't have a great way of documenting and making sure of capturing every person. And to confirm, there's no harm that can come from a person my age having uh, an MMR now, is there? There is uh, no harm if you have a normal immune system, and that's something you, you'll know about yourself if you've got a normal, yep. health, you know, normal health, you're not having some cancer chemotherapy drugs or those things. Mm. Uh, it is a safe vaccine and uh, well tolerated by adults and by children and even by infants, but we can't give it to very young babies like your new um, baby in your family. Right, so what is, is, it, what is the age where you, you don't administer it to we don't uh, give it to babies under the age of six months. Yeah. So, um, of course, obviously, domestic manager dug up uh, both my Plunker book and her Plunker book yesterday just to find out how vaccinated we were. A massive record of my vaccinations. Uh, no real record of hers. Hers seemed to be mostly about uh, the noises she made and the clothes she wore, uh, which wasn't that helpful. And it did mean that I had bragging rights that I probably wasn't going to die of a horrible disease, and she probably was. So, uh, yeah, that worked out pretty well for me. Uh, Shall we uh, talk about uh, kids in sport? So, really, I could be a poster girl for Sport New Zealand and its approach to youth sport. Woeful. Never going to be a champion. But having a great deal of fun. I still love having a go. And I still love getting fit. I'm less able at staying fit, but that's, you know, a journey. A process, I believe, is one of the favourite words being used. I'm in awe of people who commit to becoming the very, very best in their field. The sacrifices they and their families make to see them take their place at the top of the world are incredible. But those people are few and far between. Champions are a rare breed. That's what makes them champions. But does that mean sport is only for them? I don't think so. I get the thrill of winning. Not personally, you understand. But from the vicarious thrill of watching teams I support win... And it is crushing to lose. Take us back to the Cricket World Cup. (laughs) That was losing in the worst possible way. But that's not why I participate in sport, and that's not why sports people participate in sport. I think the guests on Mike Hosking's show this morning were right. Winning and losing 
is far more important to the parents and the coaches than it is to the kids. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that's more important to parents than it is to the kids. Doesn't mean we shouldn't get the kids to try and do them. You know, stuff like getting a haircut and getting a real job. That's more important to the parents and the kids as well, but the kids need to understand that they need to do it. To quote George Thorogood. I don't know how many life lessons we should take from George Thorogood. Anyway, uh, Marcus might have a view. And I wouldn't think that sport is any different from whether it be gymnastics or dancing or... I mean, it's all just pastimes for kids to do. It's all things that they might enjoy because their mates are doing it. I can't see that there's much difference between what you do. All makes sense for me. But yeah, I I don't think... um, I think none of it should be because they're going to become good at it. I always think if that happens, it would be an extraordinary bonus. And probably the most important thing is that people carry it on and continue to be active. I hope parents are supporting their kids that are online gaming and e-games because that is the future. That's what kids naturally want to do. They naturally want to sit in a room with a computer and shoot things, it seems. And I don't discriminate between sports. If it's a competition, it's as good as anything for me. I don't have a problem with it. For me, if you want to get a high kill count and tour of duty, to me that is as worthy as going... 0.10 0.10 of a second faster in breaststroke. I, I, I think I, I think we can be too judgmental about what is sport. Yeah, I um, am with Marcus 100% on that. Uh, well, except for the fact that he called Call of Duty Tour of Duty. I mean, let's not get bogged down in the details. Um, but yeah, and the other great thing about the online gaming is that uh, they'll go into their room and you never ever have to see them again as well, which is fantastic. Um, and then you don't have to worry about um, the education ministry trying to extend NCEA down to intermediate age. I'm not sure why we need to load more assessments onto our kids. Sure, many students aren't meeting literacy and numeracy standards, but is throwing more tests at them the answer? Haven't we already failed in this area of over-testing our kids? And isn't primary and intermediate school supposed to involve enjoying your childhood before you hit the hard yakker of high school? So why would we now want to put kids as young as 10 and 11 through NCEA-style assessments? The government's undertaking NCEA reforms at the moment, but the Ministry of Education's also asking whether first-year intermediate students should have to pass NCEA-style testing. Primary and intermediate school principals say no, and I agree with them. Imposing numeracy and literacy standards on kids that young I don't think is a great idea. You run the risk of going backwards, back to the dark days of league tables, which we've gotten rid of, and children have enough pressure throughout their school life not to have to burden them earlier and earlier with hefty assessments. And don't give me that snowflake argument. At 10 and 11, you are still very much a child. You are entitled to have less pressure than teenagers sitting exams in senior years. The president of the Principals Federation said in one report that their members members were taken aback by the suggestion that children as young as 11 could sit the tests. Part of their surprise was, of course, the government said its focus was the wider curriculum, not drilling down on maths and reading. So where's this idea come from and why, given all the palaver with national standards, would we want to head back down this track? There's no shortage of voices on the issue. Educational Institute President Linda Stewart, she's quoted as saying that research showed Children and teenagers were already under too much pressure because of tests and assessment, and primary school children did not need more of them. And she's right. Any changes or new standards will be decided by the end of this year. Let's hope the Ministry of Education is listening to primary and intermediate school principals before it makes up its mind. Yeah, I don't know that the government has really got a proven track record in listening to expert advice on things, or indeed public opinion. 
at the moment. It's almost like it's deliberately doing the opposite. Oh well. Uh, one thing, one good bit of news that came out of yesterday was uh, this outfit, uh, Kogan.com. Uh, this is the uh, the outfit that uh, bought the Dicksmith website uh, to sell tech stuff online. Uh, well, now they're selling uh, prepay sims uh, for a lot cheaper than anybody else's. Uh, here's Mr. Kogan. Welcome to New Zealand. You see space for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's a uh, uh, one thing that's for certain, and that's Kiwis don't want to be spending too much or paying more than they have to for any service out there. And the mobile market is something that we've got a lot of expertise in. We've got a partnership that we've got with Vodafone in Australia, and it's won hundreds of thousands of customers over the last few years. We're a low cost of doing business uh, operation. And, um, you know, we we run a very efficient shop in order to in order to benefit customers and pass all the savings on to them. So definitely there's a space here. We can save New Zealanders a lot of money on their mobile bill. Okay, so your pricing is obviously cheaper than Vodafone. Is it cheaper than Skinny? Look, go on to our, go on to our site and have a look. It's, uh, we've got incredible offers. At the moment, for $4.90 for 30 days, you can get 32 gig of data, unlimited calls, unlimited text to... Uh, uh, New Zealand and Australia. So, um, you know, we're, we're launching with a bang and we mean business. Yeah, Russell and Kogan talking to Andrew Dickens there yesterday. Um, and I, yeah, I was at the launch event and he definitely does mean business. He's a, I got the impression, and I might be wrong, but I got the impression he's a no bullshit kind of an operator, uh, Mr. Kogan. And that's probably why uh, they're doing so well certainly in Australia at the moment, and probably will here. I think the NZB, any competition in our mobile market's got to be good, I reckon. Uh, I think we've been paying too much for too long. And on there, <laughs> I've made my feelings clear. We'll see you back here again for more News Talk ZB tomorrow.